This is You're So Young, the podcast. In our first episode, Tori and I give background, as well as explain what it's like to live every day with an autoimmune disease. Josh. This is the podcast. So what is it about? So me and Tori, we have autoimmune diseases. We've had them from a young age. It's just really tough to try and explain to people, even just cope with it ourselves. And and just getting together and then talking about our experiences mutually. It's uh, it's just been very helpful for me personally. Um, just to feel like I'm not alone. And, and for the longest time, um, even my closest, the closest people in my life just don't understand. And I had one conversation with Tori and she got a lot of things that people I've known, like I said, for years just don't get. Um, yeah. So Tori, what is, what does this podcast mean for you? Uh, I mean, it started off pretty well with it that, um, the last thing we want is other people to feel alone. Um, I know that when I was diagnosed, um, and then I had a really bad flare, uh, two years ago, almost now, uh, I felt really alone. You know, it's hard to explain to people why you aren't the crazy bubbly personality that you typically are, um, it's hard when you're trying to explain to friends that like, no, it's, it's not you. That's the issue. It's, you know, I'm, I'm literally just trying to hold my shit together because I don't feel good. So, uh, yeah, Josh and I got together <laughs> and decided we want to be there for other people like us because I'm part of this RA group on Facebook. And I got to tell you, a lot of people are diagnosed in their teens and twenties. So we're here to break the stigma of when we're told you're so young. Cause honestly, I'd be a millionaire. At this point, <laughs> with the amount of time I was told that. So, we're here for you. You guys will probably be here for us, but we're not here just for people with autoimmunes, but people who don't know how to be there for somebody with an autoimmune. You know, Josh got Crohn's. I got rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 don't recommend, but uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> just trying to do it, you know, like just trying to feel... Um, not alone, you know, like, we, like we, we both felt like this. So that's really the, the underlying why we started this is just a, a support group for, for everyone, no matter where you are, you know, you're, you're not going through this by yourself. Um, like just to go back, backtrack a little bit, like Tori was saying, um, yeah, as a, as a kid growing up, like I had like, like out so many friends, um, that just. They, they didn't understand. Like I, I, like I said, I would be like, she said she'd be bubbly. It's kind of the same thing for me. Like I, I go out all the time, um, do everything. Um, then slowly it, it kind of started to happen for me in high school. Um, I just kind of go to the bathroom more frequently and had no idea why. Um, it just continued for maybe like a month or two. I didn't want to tell anyone. I was kind of scared. I was like, why is this happening? Um, and eventually, like, um, blood started to come out in my stool. 
that was when I knew something was wrong, but still I was like, you know, it'll fix itself because that's not something you really hear about very often as a, a kid or, or anything. Um, and it got to a point where like I would get up from my bed and I would feel so lightheaded because I had no blood in my system almost. Um, I would eventually had to tell my mom, but she was kind of against the traditional method of going to the hospital, diagnosing yourself, trying to figure it out that way. So we went to like a medical herbal guy and that didn't really work out too well. I mean, he gave me some supplements, um, kind of helped a little bit with my digestion, but in, in turn, when I went to the hospital after all of this, uh, they found, uh, See, this is where I go blank. They just found, uh... <laughs> okay, I'm cutting markers. Hemorrhoids. That's what it was. I couldn't Whoa. think about it, but I'll cut that yeah. whole thing out. Yeah, there's hemorrhoids in um, my bottom. Um, they just had no idea how it got there so quickly because usually that's something for years and years that you have to kind of have happened to you. Um, so they treated me, um, when I got out of the hospital, I had to take like 16 pills every single day, um, so four times a day. Um, I was on steroids and this is something like I would tell somebody outside of my circle or my friends or something like that. And they would be like, Oh wow, that's crazy. I can't believe that happened. And then it'd just be like on to the next subject, you know? And then when I was in the hospital, when, when I was going through all this, when I was kind of almost bleeding out in my bed, like, I, I didn't even know I was going to live or not, you know? Um, I had no idea what was going to happen next year. And it just kind of like my whole world changed after that. It's like, how am I going to be friends or how live uh, the same life I did before with people that just don't even understand the, the world, my most recent world that I'm in right now? You know, it just, it's like you have to rethink everything. Sure do. <laughs> sure freaking do. <laughs> so. Well, that was the first time I heard your story. Yeah, I guess sure. I haven't. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't get to tell you that whole thing. Yeah, but. No. It's, you um, know, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough when you're just trying to just read like you're you're one way your whole life and all of a sudden it's just like i have to, i don't even know if i can go on vacation you know anymore like that's crazy it's it defines everything you do controls your entire life because everything revolves around it yeah yeah Dang. like i remember we were talking diagnosed? about you sorry when were you diagnosed at wedding Oh, uh, so I was diagnosed probably um, at 18 years old. And my 30th birthday is coming up in a week, two weeks. Fun times. <laughs> what symptoms for before they um, <clears throat> diagnosed you? So before that, like it was kind of like an on and off thing. 
Um, mm. I have like another thing. It's kind of just gross. That's why I'm like kind of hesitant to tell you guys like stuff that happened with Crohn's because it is, you know, you're talking about your stool. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about that as much as you guys. But anyway, but um, I had uh, mucus coming out um, and that was like the first signs. And then um, it kind of just continued from there. Um, it could probably be linked to my diet. Um, they, they did say because um, I am uh, the only son with my, my mom and my, my two sisters. Um, they, they think that it could be from stress as a young child. So it could just be a bunch of things that um, kind of triggered this. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is like, it's never just one event or cause like, you know, like for me personally, um, I started seeing a functional medicine doctor about two years ago and she like had me fill out this ginormous questionnaire. And it turns out like because of being on antibiotics as a kid so much, because I was super sick as a kid, like I had mono in first grade and no, I was not macking it with other first graders. I don't know how I got it. But um, yeah, I just remember being really sick and like I'd come into school and not even know like what was going on. So that was really weird. Like one day we just had this giant blow up planetarium in the gym and I was like, oh, this is dope, but I have no idea what this is about. So there's that. Um, on top of like, then that Epstein bar like stays with you. And then all those antibiotics kill your good gut bacteria and rheumatoid arthritis does run in my family. So it is a freaking perfect storm that was just waiting to be unleashed like a genie in a bottle. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I actually changing my birth control when I first moved to Florida was what really triggered it, which that sucked. But for me, I'm, I'll say I'm lucky in the sense that I was diagnosed within a couple of months. Um, it started in my feet. Uh, so I just thought it was because I started working out a lot and I already had tight tendons in my toes that I was like, oh, maybe I'm just like going too hard because I couldn't walk. Like it just felt like there was a golf ball under the pad of my feet. Hmm. And then, so it was probably like March, April of what was it, 17. And then like couple months later I started waking up with like my hands like witches like claws looking type of thing and I was exhausted and I and I, I could hardly walk like I remember like holding on to my bed and my wall like trying to like tiptoe to the bathroom like I could it would take me over an hour to like try to do my hair because it was like my hands were so stuck wow and yeah that was fun um <laughs> and then I was I had really, really dry eye too. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So I'm sitting there one day at work. Now my aunt uh, has rheumatoid arthritis and I remembered her complaining about her feet when, and it took her years to get diagnosed. Cause fun fact, you can still have rheumatoid arthritis without a positive RA factor, which was the case for her. So it took her a while to get diagnosed. Um, but I'm just sitting there and I remember that. And I was like, shit. I start looking up all like the top symptoms and I had like the top eight of 10. So like I called my mom, I was like, my, I think I have rheumatoid arthritis. Hmm. And, uh, so, you know, my family goes to this place called Woodlock Pines every year and it was just rough. Like it was rough to not be able to like, it's a very active 
vacation spot. It's, you know, a mixture of dirty dancing meets a cruise ship. Like there's always something to do, activities to do. You're always running from one thing to the other, if you want to, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember just trying like ice and heat and I was miserable. Like I could not move. And so in, uh, when I got back, I went and saw my primary. We did a blood test. I freaking lit up that test like a Christmas tree. Like it, like, it was like, yep, definitely you got rheumatoid. Uh, yeah, so then I actually ended up going back to my, uh, gynecologist and I went to her and I, cause she wanted to put me on Yaz and I was against it, but I tried it and within literally weeks I started becoming symptomatic with my feet. So I, I went back to her and I was like, Hey, I, uh, I think that my birth control triggered my RA and she dead stared me in the face and went shit and left the room. Meanwhile, wow. she had ready had she sold me this like beautiful package that everybody in the office was on Yaz and that the only reason why it got a bad rep was because there was a patent or some nonsense that other companies were trying to discredit them. And then she comes back and tries to sell me on an IUD and she's like, Yeah, everybody in the office is on it. And I was like, Oh, like everybody in the office was on Yaz? Like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, try again. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> I walked out. Um, so, yeah, and truth be told, I'm on, I think, my fifth rheumatologist at this point. Um, I actually had to go back to New York for a couple months to literally get back on my feet because it just my bank account just depleted with all my medical bills. And, and here we are five years later almost, and I'm still having a rough go with it. So... But I'm with a great rheumatologist now and physician's assistant. Shout out to Julie. And (laughs) (laughs) I feel very confident that things will start getting better and better. That's 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 a great point. You just don't realize what you kind of have to do and and where things go when you're diagnosed. Like who would have thought like you'd have to pay all these bills and, and like it's just a lot, you know, just trying to restructure everything, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know what your lowest point was, but mine was, uh, at the beginning of COVID pretty sure I had COVID, but it just impacted me differently. Um, I was in New York beginning of 2020, March, 2020 for my niece's first birthday actually. And I flew out of JFK and I just remember like questioning whether I should have been wearing a mask or not. Cause at that point there really wasn't like, clear direction um and a week and a half later like my my body just totally gave up on me i was swollen legitimately from head to toe like i couldn't dress myself i couldn't get on or off the toilet like i could not lift a pillow i couldn't have a sheet on me my skin was burning it was a living hell and for me that was my lowest point because i like you know my boyfriend at the time he was great with trying to help me but it wasn't fair to him you know with everything that I was going through and then we had COVID on top of it. So the mental angst that's, that came along with that and still is impacting us. Right. Um, on top of like, I would just look in the mirror and, and not recognize a person staring back at me. And I remember saying to my boyfriend at the time that I think we need to mourn the person that I was because I'm never going to be her again. Like, yeah, there might be aspects of, that personality going forward, but I'll never not have RA. So we need to figure out who this new person is. And for me, that was definitely 
my lowest point of having to mourn the person I kept trying to be and realizing I needed to figure out who I am now. That's a really good point as well. It's just like when this happens, um, you're just like, you lose that person almost. Like you said, you have to become a whole different person. And for it to hit you like that, like that's, that's really intense, you know? Um, yeah. Not to bring it full circle, but I was sitting on the toilet well, I had a <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> sitting on my throne. <laughs> the, the golden throne. And your uh, name is Victoria. So. I know, <laughs> hey. That would be the throne that would come with me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. For everyone. <laughs> How fitting, right? <laughs> I think my lowest point um, was, yeah, when I was almost kind of bedridden, you know, like I didn't know what was going on. And I was just going in the bathroom like every 20 minutes, you know, I'd have to go again, have to go again. And it wasn't it wasn't stool. It was blood, like straight up liquid. Like I was just like, I hope to God this like herbal stuff my mom gave me helps. But. No, like after two weeks of that, I was like, dude, we have to go to the hospital. I remember for a week or so, I was eating like uh, fish and like like rice. We barely seasoned. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling OK. Let's make a Chef Boyardee. I, oh. I, I, after that, no. oh, my, oh, yeah, that processed food that. Oh, my God. I had such a flare up in my system that day. And that's when we knew, like, dude, this is not going to work. You have to go to the hospital. Um, but you, I'd get up from the bed and feel lightheaded, like I had no oxygen to my brain. And I'll never forget that. I was like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen to me. Like, I'm, I'm like we're talking about, we're so young. And I, I don't know if I'm going to live to see them next year, you know? Yeah, no, it's. It's a constant battle. Um, and for me personally, I didn't start talking about my disease like openly on like social media. I mean, I'm not a big social media like blogger or whatever. But when I finally posted about it, it's kind of interesting, I guess is the word I'll use, how many of my friends or people I knew from high school that messaged me and were like, yo, I'm dealing with this or I'm dealing with this. And we've kind of created like our own little network because without a doubt, um, Doctors will, or in my experience, I'm not going to say it's across the board, but they kind of make you feel crazy. You know, for one of the rheumatologists I was seeing, I was their youngest patient and I just did not feel heard, um, which is why eventually I left that practice. Um, but that's the thing. It's like you can't stop fighting for yourself because you're the only one that knows what you're going through day in and day out. Like you're the yeah. only one that is living the hell that your body is going through and you know yeah like i had a really bad weekend this weekend mentally about it um i was telling josh earlier that a coworker of mine had asked you know i'm very open about my disease and there's this test i need to take that if it comes back positive again that that means that i'm at a higher risk of miscarriage and blood clots so I already struggled. Like one of my biggest struggles was how am I, how am I going to be a good mom? So, I mean, I've already worked through that. Shout out to therapy. Um, <laughs> love that shiz. And 
<laughs> legit look forward to it like a nice steak dinner so that's dope um <laughs> <laughs> but my coworker asked me like what you know if i mind sharing what it was the bad news i got medically so i tell this individual his response was well maybe that's for the best so that you don't pass this on to your child and for anybody that doesn't have an autoimmune or is even struggling some you you don't say that you can have your opinion. Do not say that to that person because it has triggered me so hard that I've been in a depressive downward spiral. So super looking forward to therapy on Thursday because mm-hmm. that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like sometimes people don't think all the way through. Like they don't think that it may hurt somebody, but it's I don't know when when someone opens up to you in that in that sense and they, they really do let you in and. You kind of you kind of have to be hyper aware, you know, and that's I think that's something that that people kind of just brush off. But um, especially when you you're living with the autoimmune, it's it's you are a little bit more sensitive to things. So absolutely. I guess that's mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, like you know, I think I'm just honest. It's a weird blessing in disguise because I was such a people pleaser, so I really had to learn how to create boundaries. And and self-care and really be mindful of what external things could impact me stress-wise. But when I tell you that I've God, I've done like everything. I've I've adjusted how I've eaten, do massages, uh, chiropractor, acupuncture, cupping. Uh I'm gonna get back into meditating and yoga this week, which I'm super stoked about. Um, awesome. Yeah, so it's hard though. It's hard. I'm sure you have days like this. It is hard to keep pushing yourself to keep going. Absolutely. 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 And I, and I feel like you have to be more aware of your health um, than other people. You know, like like you said, like what you eat, like when you work out, how you work out, mm-hmm. um, just your anatomy in general. Like you, you just you want to learn more about your health just so you can have a normal day. Not even to have like an extraordinary day, just so like you know, tomorrow will be okay. You know, nothing yeah, serious. Dude, you're so right on that. It's like I was just saying to my dad last night. I was like, I'm craving normality or just some relief. Like I haven't had significant relief in five years. Like I just turned thirty in October. I was diagnosed at twenty five. It was like a real or no twenty six. What's math? Math is hard. <laughs> just as bad as you. but it just (laughs) it just sucks it just like i don't know how else to put it like you know i i have plenty of friends that say i'm so sorry which is fine like i know that they don't know what to say and i don't get angry at it but you know it's okay to tell me hey that fucking blows be like yeah damn straight it does uh (laughs) i go saddied about it because i'm here for that (laughs) (laughs) Trip to Baskin Robbins, anybody? <laughs> yeah, might put me in a flare up with the dairy, but let's go. <laughs> um, it's so true. Like, you, no minute is guaranteed. Like, no morning is guaranteed for me, for sure. Like, I always wake up super stiff in my shoulders and neck and hands. And, like, I could deal with it a little bit more if it was like my knees and feet. But, like, when it's your hands, like, you got to use those bitches for everything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, you just you just crave just like even like fifty percent relief. 
it's almost like I envy people like that just have normal lives. Just like I wish I could just like ride a roller coaster or something. And I don't I like the easiest way I can explain like when I feel pain is almost like a hangover. And like I didn't even fucking drink or anything. I just woke up. <laughs> it's like great. Like, <laughs> I can't eat today. Can't do this. Uh, I I'm hunched over. My stomach is sensitive. It's like oh great. Like and and like the off days, you know, I I'm trying to figure out how do I strengthen my core, you know, like so things just work a little bit better. And th- that's where like I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, ab workouts, and I'm trying to like do things. And, and physical activities um, that will help. But I'm pushing myself because on, my, on the days off that I have, I, I don't want to do anything like that, but I have to because I know it's just going to help me just be that much more normal, you know? Yeah, honestly, that's a very interesting way to explain it. And it's helped me understand because I've known a few people with Crohn's. Actually, my nephew was just diagnosed. And um, but that that's the thing. It's, it's so hard to explain to people like... I tried to explain uh, to my ex, like, you know, like when you catch a basketball and it like, if you catch it the wrong way, it like pushes back your fingers mm-hmm. and they're just like, they hurt and they're stiff. And like, that's what it's like, but like on steroids, like, uh, you know, it, in the fatigue, like, and the foggy brain that comes with it. And I just remember being upset because I was like, I feel like I don't remember half of our relationship because I, you know, my, my memory just was shot. Because it impacts everything. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the pain, it just kind of like, just it's like a a kind of cloud or like just something you can't control. You no. just affects your thoughts and like how you interact with people. Like and like you said, you look back at situations, you're like, wow, I wasn't even totally present as as much as I wanted to be. I just I couldn't be, and I'm just no, I'm just I in this mood. I remember there was one day I was his parents. It might have been like still 2020 at this point, maybe 2021. But I looked at him and I was like, I got to go. And I got in the car and I broke down because you are literally spending so much energy just trying to hold your shit together. And of course, like people realize you're off and they ask, are you okay?" And it's like, that's the most. Damaging isn't the right word because they don't mean it maliciously, but when you're just trying to hold yourself together, that one question could completely derail you. Like for Mm. me, it's like, I would look at my doorknob, like as it was, as if it was on fire, like I could not turn the doorknob. Like my wrists are so weak. I mean, like, yeah, you do. I'd be better like able-bodied because um, it's like, because we don't have that guarantee of what our day is going to look like, even as it progresses or when you wake up or whatever, it's like, I almost encourage people to like, try to take advantage of life as much as you can. Cause you have no idea when it could change on a dime. Like it did for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. It almost makes you appreciate everything. Like be more mindful in a way. Um, it does. And then you do things when you can too. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, you might want to do X, Y, Z. Like you might want to go out with your friends. You might want to, but at the end of the day, it's like it's everything's dependent on the disease. Yeah. Yeah. Can you show up? Can you do this? And I've lost friends, actually, because I just didn't I felt like shit that day, you know, like or I couldn't do this. And they're just like, you're a flake. I'm not a flake, dude. Like, I just can't do it today. Like, I'm not yeah. up to it. It's like, know? I'm sorry that you can't understand what I'm going through, but I'm not going to sit here and continue trying to explain it. 
<laughs> and the thing is with me personally, like I would blame myself. I'm like, yo, I can't even just be like a normal kid. Like I, I just want to do normal things and I'm losing my friends because of me. And then you start like, for me, at least like just that's, that's how I'd spiral, you know, like how you're saying, like if, if someone just says, are you okay? It's like, no, like, <laughs> are you, are this like the most ridiculous thing I can even think about, you know, but like for them, it's like, I guess that's the only thing they can think of to reach out to you, but it just yeah. doesn't help. Dude, like, legit, though, when you said that, like, you're like, what's wrong with me or whatever, like, you start taking it personally. Shit, like, I can't tell you, for the longest time, I dealt with these feelings of being, like, a burden or uh, or being broken. Like, that was my thing. I'm broken. Like, mm-hmm. no one's, no one's going to, I know, obviously, things did not work out with my ex, but... I'm like, how is somebody like, how can I let somebody else or how is someone going to love me when I'm a yeah. like, broken person, when I'm, I'm, I'm this burden? And I had uh, one person tell me, he's like, you're not broken. You're just in pain. Like, those are two different things. Like, you're understandably dealing with something that's very difficult. I'm like, huh. Thank you for saying that, because that, you know, not totally changed my whole attitude, but it was nice to know that, like, the narrative I was telling myself really wasn't true but it's just some people can't deal with it like that's the thing is you know unfortunately with this ra group i'm on on facebook like a lot of their partners leave them and it's just because that i'm not gonna say it's just because they can't deal with it but there it's tough it is tough when you might be dealing with your own personal things like you know like a normal functioning person but also now like this person that you love is going through this and some people just can't handle it. It's not an easy thing. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat that it's an easy thing to deal with because I wish I didn't have to deal with it. Like I never want to see like my poor parents, like they feel helpless. And I, when I was at my worst, I would never want them to see me at like that way. Never. Yeah. It would just shatter them. Right. Cause it's not just you going through it. It's, it's your whole family, you know, like, it's your actions, the things that you're going through, like your pain. Like I, I personally don't even want my family to know some things that I go through. And then I end up going through them myself. Cause I, I kind of just know it's going to hurt them, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Um, so just talking it out with Tori, you know, like how she's saying to go out and find these groups on, on Facebook, you know, those are the things that really help, you know, the, the support, even if it's just one person, like, wow, I just, I don't feel, so lonely anymore like this giant bird in my back that no one will understand like like i legit thought i was just going to take this to my grave you know like feeling like this and it just turns out like tori understands you know um so it's that's the biggest thing is just don't keep it to yourself you know just reach out reach out to anybody and they people will come out of the woodwork you know that you had no idea had something going on absolutely and then it's crazy how we think that we need to carry that burden by ourselves too, right? Like, I think it's because that there's just so many people in our lives that don't, aren't going through it or don't understand that it, like, it almost gets exhausting trying to get them to understand. But it's not their fault that they don't understand either. I mean, it's just yeah, it's wild. It's a wild ride. But yeah, it's true. It's like, you're not, you aren't alone. And then like, that's what was so awesome with talking to you about. It's like, oh shit, I'm not alone. Like, we could rely on each other. Like, yo, I'm having a bad day. Uh, how's your day going? And you're, you're probably like, hey, I'm having a shitty day, too. Like, dope. High five. Like, <laughs> let's go. 
Let's talk about Hey Arnold. <laughs> That's most of our conversations. It was the best of times. It's the worst of times. Before we wrap up, Tori and I thought it would be beneficial to include this one other small segment. Now it does get a little intense, so please listen with discretion. Probably the hardest thing for me, too, was, I think it was Christmas of 2020, 2021, maybe? Probably 21. Uh, my brother, Steve, he um, he just asked, like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. And, like, I thought I was doing pretty good at that point. Like, I was getting better type of thing. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. He's like, you're just, like, very mellow. And, you know... It's not their fault for saying this, but like when people say certain things like that, and I've had several friends say the same thing, it's just that reminder that you're not the person you used to be. Mm. Um, and they don't obviously don't mean it maliciously, but when you're going through that, like your mind is just like already like in the crutter, like shooters full. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, it's hard. And actually, Steve, I, he's trying to figure out what he's getting diagnosed, like what's going on with his body, because he's been having some pretty decent joint pain. And he's like, is this what you feel like all the time? I'm like, probably worse than what you're feeling. So, yes. And he's like, this sucks. I'm like, yeah, sorry that you're going through this, because I don't want this anybody to have this. Like I have cousins that are trying to figure out if they have autoimmunes because they have joint pain. And it's like it's. If they do have RA, I pray so hard that it's not to the level that I'm at because I don't want any, even, even my cruddy exes, like I, there's only one of them that was actually really bad. Like the rest were fine. But this one guy, like I, I, I still wouldn't wish this upon him. Mm. So it just, it's hard when you become a stranger to yourself and then you have to figure out who the stranger is and like reconnect your mind, body, and soul. Wow. That's, that is an amazing way to uh, just describe that. Just kind of, you, you kind of are a stranger. Yeah, you're right. This, this is a whole different body. This is not the one that I was connected to. Um, just kind of getting to know this other person and, and trying to make friends with it. You know, that's the really big thing is you can't you know, get I'm upset. Feeling like a Bobo clown, whatever it was, Bobo from Rugrats. Hi, I'm Bobo. <laughs> Don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there like a million of them at the end of the episode? I don't know. Maybe it was something else. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. So I try not to think about it too often. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's, oh man, when you fight yourself, it's very tough. Like it's, it, I've had a, such a miserable life when you're not, when you're not friends with yourself, you don't even have to be best friends, but just be friends. Although it's tough. It's just like, all right, this is this is what I'm living. I have to kind of accept it. You know, this is how do we make the best out of the situation now? Yeah, it's like it's like you hate that person. Like I hated myself. Hmm. I hated what I was becoming. I remember laying in bed one day when things were really bad. And I was like, this is not living this is a living hell. And I I wouldn't necessarily say I was suicidal. I mean, let's be real. I was like, I would never put my family 
through that, but it was, uh, or I'd like to think I never would, but it was a dark time. Like, and when you start getting into that mindset it, it and you keep going deeper and deeper into it, it's hard to pull yourself out. Um, but yeah, it wasn't pretty. And, that, and it, it, it was after I woke up that day feeling that way that I sought out uh, therapy. Like, thankfully, through my current employer, um, I get like eight free sessions. Um, mm. And they work with um, this other company with that. Um, and I love my therapist. I think she's fantastic. And I've, you know, it's who I was then to who I am now are two totally different people. But yeah, it's, I think the hardest thing is, is trying to like this stranger and figure out who the stranger is. Hmm. That is, yeah, that's, that's pretty profound to me. Just like how you describe it as a stranger, you know, and just circling back to, um, just how you feel like you wake up and I, for me personally, I just, I wanted to give up. Like, I'll just like, this is, this is, yeah, like, you're not living a life. Who cares how it's going to pan out? Like, it doesn't matter. And for me, um, no, I was there. I was suicidal. You know, I was just like, my life doesn't even matter. You know, like, who cares? <laughs> like, I'm going to help people um, do what I got to do. And then whatever happens to me. I know at one point I had a death wish. You know, it's hard to talk about, but it's. Um, yeah, it's, it, it happened, um, especially in the situation I was in with just trying to give my all to, to everybody. And then yeah. I have nothing else. And you're just putting yourself on the back burner on top of having an autoimmune disease. Um, yeah. And I think um, that's when I started to think, seek out therapy for real. Like, and there was a few times where I was just like, yeah, I'll go because it's good. But that's when you're kind of like I was talking about the, the frog that's boiling in the water that doesn't know it's on fire. Right. That's when I realized, like, I there's something really wrong here. i got to figure this whole thing out. Um, and, and I guess it's until you really, really want to change, it's not going to work. You, you really want to want to have to change that mindset. That's an excellent point. And change isn't easy. I mean, it's like anything else, you know, like you have to be the one to actively decide when enough is enough and when am I going to choose a different path? Because clearly this path isn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun roller coaster. It's like those wooden ones that like you're not sure if it's going <laughs> to fall apart. And you're just getting freaking jostled around like <laughs> Like El Toro in New Jersey, always giving me whiplash. Oh, my God. Dude, I passed out on freaking nitro all the time, uh, even though that's not a wooden roller coaster. I'm very aware. But, like, when it goes in, like, that staircase. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram at You're So Young. Stay tuned for biweekly episodes. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.